Hello, welcome to the Hospice Podcast from St John's in Lancashire. I'm Sophie. We're here to talk about the many different phases of hospice care because St John's carries out palliative care in the hospice and in the community and patient homes. Today we're joined by Dee Riley and Louise Dixon who together have nearly 30 years experience in palliative care. You can hear Dee laughing in the background. She doesn't want me to say it, but she knows it's true. Today, they're going to share the work of the respite service with us. So welcome Louise and Dee, and over to you Dee first. Tell us a little about your role in the respite service. Hi, I'm Dee, I'm the palliative respite sister here at St John's Hospice. We work with four experienced healthcare assistants. Together, we help patients stay in their homes. Respite is very important because families get tired and can struggle to cope. I can well imagine this. Yeah. The family feel that they can't leave their loved ones on their own. Okay. So what we can do is one of our team from St John's can go and sit with our patient, but it's their loved one, so that the carer can have some valuable time to themselves to rest or do whatever else they want to do so that they can cope better with the situation when they go return. Louise. Hi. So Dee's doing the coordinating and the organising. Tell us what you're doing for the respite service. I go out on the visits to the family's homes and I will stay with a patient while the loved ones will either get a rest or go out for a walk or get some jobs done to keep the patient safe while the loved one's out of the property. Um, so that's my role. And to highlight things if they need a little bit more support. nursing and support, yeah. Okay. Now, Dee, you set this up from scratch, didn't you? Yeah. In the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Out of all the services St John's could have chosen to do, why did you choose to activate a respite service, do you think? We've got patients in the com- community that are sitting at home and needed some support from the excellent palliative service and team that are here. Um, they needed that care. Yeah. The patients couldn't get to us really with the pandemic. So for the respite service, we could go out to them, couldn't yeah. we? So um, it's been so advantageous for the families. And how does it fit? Because obviously we've got the, the, the beds on the ward here. Yeah. There's also the hospice at home service. Right. And then there's a the night sitting service. So, so how does respite fit in with this? Hospice at home are a re- responsive service. So I've got somebody's poorly at home that needs medication, needs some support from the team. They'll go out and do it. We're actually supporting those patients that are a little bit more stable or those patients that are nearing the end of their life that don't necessarily need a reactive service. They need somebody to come out and just to support the family to keep them at home. Support support the carers to look after, just give them a bit of time to themselves. Stop the pressure of feeling everything's on their shoulders. And Louise, give... you must see this a lot as well, where people, as Dee says, they're carrying everything on their own shoulders. They need that break. They are, I think, looking after a loved one at home 24 seven is very intense and it is tiring and it is exhausting. And I think when the respite service go out, just those two hours to have some time to gather themselves or have a rest um, mentally as well as physically 
is a huge thing for them. So what, what do patients say to you, Dee? Well, patients and, and patients' families, really, isn't it, it feedback to you? Yeah, it, they're, just, they're just so grateful, aren't they? They're oh, so grateful. Yeah. And they can't believe that the, the hospice is coming out to support them like that. They can't believe that of all the services they know about, they didn't know about this one. And of it... See, I'm smiling already. <laughs> I think I'm smiling because when you're asking that question, I'm thinking of patients that I've been out to and you get that reaction from them when you're leaving. They smile at you, they're so thankful. Um, they want to know when you're coming again, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a godsend for them. So the day respite is, as the, as the name suggests, is respite for a few hours during the day. Tell us about the night sitting service, because to some listeners, the night sitting service is respite too. So explain how, how that works for us. Well, we, we have a night sitter um, who covers the region, can come anywhere from Windermere, Ingleton, Garstang, and... She will go out, and I so say there's two girls at the moment, they go out at quarter to ten till quarter to seven in the morning, and that will give the family, the loved one, time that they could actually go to bed and yeah. not worry that um, the loved one is being cared for. It, we've, we've had people, if we weren't there, people sleeping on floors. We've had people sleeping in chairs. With people, and a lot of time, the carers aren't even sleeping because they're that yeah. busy, they're just sitting watching their loved one I remember one guy yeah. saying that he was sleeping with a baby alarm on in yeah. case his wife needed anything yeah. and getting oh. up se several times during the night and you looking at you. Sleep, yeah. You? Yeah. you need yeah. your sleep, don't you? You need your sleep. Even when it's your loved one, you need your sleep. Because um, if you don't, you're just emotionally worn out. But it helps, so you so helps them cope though, doesn't it? Yeah. Helps them cope with what's coming the next day. And yeah. I suppose night after night after night of looking for someone, we're not talking about the odd nights we sleep here, we're talking about you can, weeks. You can only carry on like that for so long where yeah. you're just going to hit a point where you'll just break down. So you need your sleep and you need to accept help, don't you? Even though you want to do it on your own, that's what we're here for. And a lot of people don't see themselves as carers. Their loved ones okay. don't see themselves as the carers, do they? Mm. They just think it's just something they have to do. And they don't realise that they can get help, do they? So in terms of St John's out there giving this help, how, roughly how, how big is the respite team? Res people? We've got four nurses on the respite team. Um, and they're out there weekends, yeah, holidays, but yeah, yeah. Christmas Everyone. Day, we're there. So respite service out there, really, really positive feedback especially from the carers who, you know, really need you to come in. I think it's been really interesting, hasn't it? Because a number of people feel, I don't know if guilty is the word, about actually saying, yeah, I do need the support of St John's, I do need support at home. Do you think that's hard for people sometimes to yeah, say, I, I need help? I think that's fair to say. I think when you're nursing a loved one at home, you want to do it yourself because you feel like it's your job to do that. Um, but there is a, there, I think there is a time that comes where accepting some help is very beneficial, even if it's for a couple of hours once a week, just to get a couple of hours sleep and rest or someone else to talk to. 
I think it's something you need to do when you're caring for someone that you love. And I think it's also, isn't it, about carers valuing themselves, needing to value themselves. I remember one lady I spoke to, you'd been to see her on Christmas Day, Louise, and she couldn't get over the fact that somebody would come and see them on Christmas Day. I remember that lady very well. Um, and she was a beautiful lady. And I offered her a respite to sit on Christmas Day. And I think at the time she cried and she said, I can't ask you to do that. And I said, you can, that's what we're here for, is to, to care and support for you. And we booked the respite visit in and she had a lovely day. It was actually another girl from the respite service that went on Christmas Day. Um, but she was so grateful. The, the lady that you're talking about was actually the carer for the patient. And the, the patient got a really, really good day out of it, but so did the carer. The carer got the support from the respite staff. So it, both of them gained from that visit that afternoon. Yeah. And could carry on caring yeah. the next yeah. day. Yeah. Because she'd had that, that respite. Yeah. And but also that knowledge that somebody would be there on Christmas yeah. Day. She wouldn't yeah. be on her own. But she was valued one. as well as the patient. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, we've got patients benefiting from this. We've got their carers benefiting from this. What's, what's, what's the impact on the district nurses and the GPs in terms of this service? Does, or, or does it have an impact on the district nurses and GPs? Oh, definitely, yeah. From, from on, on a few aspects, really, the, the girls going out doing the respite, highlighting and seeing that things aren't quite as well as everybody thinks they are. It could be that they, they've highlighted this patient is now starting to get pain, for example, or constipation, or they can feed back to the district nurses and say, look, you know, we've been out, this isn't right. And then they can go out and, and do whatever is needed, whether it be putting a strange driver up, it could be, um, it might be that dressings are leaking. It might be that the district nurses through the COVID time have been doing a lot of their calls um, via the phone and not actually coming out and seeing the patient and sometimes you do need to get to the patient and see you wouldn't see somebody if they're jaundiced does that make sense you can't see that on the phone it's only being out seeing things that aren't maybe as well as you thought they were going to be yeah. and these girls with the palliative experience that they've got they can write this isn't right we'll feed this back to the relative um healthcare professional and support the patient that way. So it might be for the DN, it might be, sorry, district nurse, it might be the GP, it might be their clinical nurse specialist, or it might be hospice at home themselves. And a very good point there, it might be one of our own clinical nurse specialists, yeah. mightn't it? Yeah. And I think one, you know, again, in terms of the feedback I hear, one of the many things that people love about St John's is, is that the team here know which health professional or social care professional to go to. Mm -hmm. And, and again, you've done that, haven't you, Louise? You know how the health system works. You know who the right person is to contact. If you don't, that can feel like a maze. Yeah, completely. And especially for families, if they've got a concern, sometimes they don't know who to call. Maybe they've tried the GP. And so us going out, we can highlight areas that need sorting and coming back and working as a team um, with a clinical nurse specialist and hospice at home we can communicate together and work, work as a team and get these issues sorted out. But it's also done quicker because 
with, with when that when we ring the GP surgery or we ring the surgeries and say this patient we're from the hospice this patient needs A B or C they'll go and do it because they know we know our stuff if you yeah, know they, they'll know that you wouldn't we wouldn't be asking them for them to go and do something if it wasn't needed. Um, and again, with the, with the GPs, the girls are going out saying this patient is now really struggling with pain and nausea or the condition's deteriorating. Doctor hasn't been out for weeks and weeks and weeks. We can then ring the surgery up and say, please, could this patient have a review? And that would help support them again in the community. Because it's, it's, it's been difficult for everyone, hasn't yeah. it? Because doctors may not have been able mm. to go out for, for a number of weeks. Mm. District nurses are going out. Again, it's it's pulling everything together. So listening to you both, thinking about district nurses, thinking about GPs, and and how it's affected their workload. I'm going to ask you now: Has the respite service reduced hospital admissions completely? A hundred percent. You're very sure on that. I am very sure on that because I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. Okay, I've, tell us more. I've done quite a few visits when it first started respite and. A lot of the services weren't, weren't going out face-to-face -face, um, because of COVID, but we were, weren't we? Mm. Full PPE with our visors on. And I think going out to the patient, um, I remember one gentleman that I went out to had urine retention. He needed catheterising. So then we had to ring the GP, ring the district nurses, and we got, we got that sorted out. So he was a lot more comfortable. So we are highlighting things. Um, and having that support at home are keeping families at home where they want to be, in their own surroundings, which is yeah. the most important thing to people that want to pass away at home peacefully. So but it's double there, isn't it? Not only is it the service reducing hospital admissions, it's also giving the patients what they want in terms of their preferred place of death. Yeah. And we, if you remember the first person we rang, was I rang, I rang them up and said, this is what we are, we're respite, we, you know, we come out, can come out and support you. He said, I'm at my wit's end. He says, I'm at my wit's end. I can't cope anymore. She's going to have to go in a nursing home. It was, you know, this guy had got to breaking point. Yeah. And within us going, giving him a couple of respites, a couple of night sits, week later, he was a different chap. He was able to go out. He was able to relax around us, he was able to trust us, he was phoning us. Yeah. And a couple of weeks later, mum died very peacefully at home, which is where she wanted to be. That's where he wanted her to be. Mm. And he couldn't thank the service enough for supporting him to allow her to be where she wanted to be. And it's it's also, going back to what you said before, it's, it's also about supporting the carer to do what they need to do. So you're right, it might be a bit of fresh air, it might be going to get the milk, but also we need to remember, don't we, that a lot of these carers, they've got their own health appointments, haven't they, that yeah, they need yeah. to keep. Yeah, especially like with the COVID vaccines and things, they've had mm. a lot of appointments, haven't they, and they've got that. But even just going out the house for the mental well-being, I don't think it's just all physical being tired, it's mentally tired, isn't mm. it? Like that gentleman was just at breaking point. It just mm. needed a few hours just to get out and have a bit of fresh air just to relieve his mind. Um, but yeah. we, we've also supported patients, relatives who have needed um, treatment themselves. 
Yeah. I've got way. Yeah. Um, we've 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 had one gentleman who um, had to go for some treatment at Preston, and we we were able to support him by looking after her, giving her the respite while he went and had his treatment, and that was a godsend for that man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's still yeah. ongoing, isn't it? Yeah. So we're doing that, but yeah, being okay. the front couple, but yeah, he's gone through a lot himself, haven't he? But, yeah. So you know, thinking back and, and looking ahead, how many patients roughly did it start with, and how many are you seeing per month now, on average? I'm not going to hold oh, you to it. We, we we started off very small. We started off with the four, first four, week. Four. We probably had six or seven patients. Now we're averaging between thirty-three and thirty-five per week wow. and for respites in a month we were maybe seeing about 80 people a month and since we started it we're well over 500 500 people aren't so that's we? about 500 people each just in the last more than one respite visit as well and no that that's in total 500 actual visits so it'll be um some patients will have had five six Respite, okay. but they'll also have had night sits as well. Night and we have sits. a night sit, we have a night sit most nights. So we've got the, the day respite service out there in the community, yeah. we've got the night sits, we've got a hospice at home, we've got our clinical nurse specialists going out to see people as mm -hmm. well, haven't we? So look, looking to the future, Dee, what are your hopes for the respite service? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that it grows and we'll, we'll have more nurses able to go out and help more people in the community. Um, wanted to support people to stay in their homes, which is that what we want to, we want to support the carers, don't we? Yeah. We need, we want, I want, personally, I, I want to be able to offer for those people needing to go into the, the ward, you know, the hospice, for the inpatient unit to support them to stay at home until a bed is available for them to come in, um, and, and, you're absolutely and right. support people who sorry who are in the hospice, who want to go home to help the families cope with that transition of getting the patient home again. Yeah, you know, so one of our staff can go with them and make life a lot easier for them. I'm really conscious that I've asked you both lots and lots of questions. Tell me, is, is there anything that you want to say and anything that you're thinking, oh, I wish Sophie would hush because I want, you know, I, I want our listeners to hear this. I wouldn't tell you to hush, but I would just like to say, um, if you're out there looking after a loved one that means the entire world to you and you're feeling that you're on that point of breaking, the respite service is here. The hospice is here. We're caring. We're compassionate. We've got the staff that are highly skilled. Just trust us and ask for help. You're not on your own. That's all I want to say. So thank you. And I think that's a hugely important thing to say. Dee, Louise, it's been an absolute honour. Thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your thoughts, for sharing your advice and ultimately for sharing your wisdom for our listeners we'll be back again soon with another podcast thank you for listening today thank you if you feel this has been helpful to you and will be useful for someone else please do share it we'll be with you again soon talking through a different palliative care subject 
To make sure you don't miss the next one, simply choose the subscribe option. Thank you for listening today.